what what you end up seeing is a very large class divide where the the job site is in one one suburb where the land is cheap but the people who actually work there the white collar people live in a different suburb right where it's gentrified it's nice it's you know upper middle class uh you know they've got their you know they've got their 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 you know two story ranch style home with a big yard and they go out to their you know their local cafe on sundays for brunch you know they go to the farmers market on saturday you know it's that kind of shit right but they right. live somewhere else i think we can speculate with within reason here that it leads to and 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 contributes to a already existing pattern of uneven development Right. And what that means is that these tax abatements, yeah, they're going to the to these large companies that don't need it. But if it does trickle down to the workers in any way, it's trickling down the upper upper middle class workers. Right. Like it's not helping uh, the people in the communities who need it the most. Right. The poor and the middle, you know, the poor, let alone the middle class. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. I think that's also a big thing. It's like, you know. I mean, this is Amazon. This, I mean, of course, like Amazon has a lot of data centers, and so they do this. Amazon has this business model that already is, you know, present in some places, right? I mean, Amazon has data centers that it does this, right, and fine-tuned it. When we talked about Alec McGinnicus's uh, book on Amazon, right, uh, he has a chapter that talks a bit about the data centers, if I remember correctly, or. or or specifically, he ta- or, so he talks a bit about the warehouses, right? But also about like how a- Amazon tries to dole out infrastructure in places where it knows that it'll be able to get it approved with minimal interference from uh, politicians or regulators or any or public. And so, like you know, I just think constantly of all this about like the HQ two thing because there's really like it it it's kind of bewildering to me. And I I, got, I mean, but of course it's because everyone's poisoned with the ideology. It's kind of bewildering that we don't have like leagues or groups or networks or federations of towns where like if you approach a city with an offer, you can't just approach them themselves with the offer. You should like be able to let everyone know in that group or that confederation or the fucking state, I don't know, about the offer, right? So that you can't do this sort of blind, um, you know, playing them against each other. Oh, well, you know, Columbus said that they'd offer me 54 and Akron is saying that offer me 65. So maybe you should up it to 74, right? You can't do it. You can't do that sort of thing. And also to try to come forward with minimum standards for negotiation, but instead it's only ends up being like a race to the bottom because each city wants it because they have, they project onto it um, misconceptions about what it's going to give because tech is still this magical word. It's still magical tech uh, buzzword where it's like the idea that the presence of tech is enough to spur the engine of, of innovation and economic growth. And like, you just need more of these brain workers, right. To pop up in the area and they'll fix everything. Yeah, the HQ2 analogy uh, or, or connection is dead on here as well. It makes me remember like when that HQ2 stuff was going on, you know, which was what, like back at the like end of 2016, so fucking long ago. Um, but when that was going on, there was a lot of people 
saying that, you know, Amazon already knew where it wanted to build its headquarters, right? Like, surprise, surprise that they chose to put one of them in Crystal City and one of them in New York City, right? Like, of course they did. That geographically makes the most sense for Amazon's headquarters, for one of them to be, you know, in the backyard of the Pentagon, uh, so they can, you know, you know, be in close contact with their biggest contractors and one Mm -hmm. of them to be in New York City where there's a large labor pool of, you know, reserve workers there that they can draw on. No fucking surprise, right? What they were doing, and and I think that the data center aspect really shows this, what they were doing was collecting uh, a portfolio of offers from country or from cities and, and counties across the United States to say, what would people give us? What would they give us if we were going to say we, we'd put a big development here? And then what they can do is now they got this little black book of all these politicians who postrated themselves in front of Amazon, who licked Jeff Bezos's boots and gave, and were willing to sell the farm. Yum, yum. yum. <laughs> we're willing to sell the farm. Mm-hmm. Now they got a little black book. And they got a little portfolio mm-hmm. of all these supplicants mm-hmm. that they can then call on later to be, look, hey, 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 I know I, I know I didn't give you the headquarters. I know you wanted that, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we're looking to build a data center. I, same deal. Same deal. Come on. The data center will bring jobs. It's the backbone of the economy, blah, blah, blah. That it puts them. Uh, a, a negotiation position here. They're doing deals, right? They're 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 Donnie deals over here. They're they're doing Trump. <laughs> I think the the chickens are coming home to roost on that HQ two uh, Hunger Games that they ran, but it's coming uh, it's coming to roost in in the form of these data centers, which they like. Amazon has shame about this stuff too, right? Like a detail in this Forbes report, which just made me laugh. So he says. Amazon, which occupies more data centers in the United States than any other big tech company, once went to great lengths to hide its ownership of the facilities. For example, making employees wear badges with a fake company name at one Virginia site, according to an internal document published by WikiLeaks in 2018. Are you allowed to do that? Is that legal? (laughs) Is that like, why should that be? Why? (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's like the, the, this whole thing is already so cloak and dagger it's already so cloak and dagger to then be like okay you you know how we do the best work in the world guys and how we're so proud of all the work that we do you can't let anybody know that you work for us don't worry don't you just can't so please here's this fake name tag you have to walk pretend you're a hitman from a sat from uh from hitman then you're an assassin from Hitman, right? And just and, and if anyone asks, you don't work for Amazon, you work for Magellan. Let's put the blame on Google, right? That'd be funny if they that'd be funny actually if they did uh the fake name tags were for other shell companies. That would be good. That reminds me of when I when I delivered for Uber, I would sometimes get these uh restaurants to pick up from where I was like, the fuck is salad time or like Pasquality's meatball and wings and you find out it's like Chuck E. Cheese and like Red Robin. What? Oh, it's these ghost kitchens. Oh yeah, okay. The ghost kitchens, like virtual restaurants. And I would let people know, like, you know, I would 
I remember once I picked up from like a Cosmic Burgers and Fries and I messaged the person. I'm like, you realize you just ordered from Red Robin. You probably paid more for it than you would if you ordered it from Red Robin. I saw a bus advertisement here a few days ago in Melbourne for a place called Absurd Bird. And it was like, order now on Uber Eats. And I was like, Absurd Bird? I've never I've never heard of Absurd Bird. And and I looked them up and it's a, fu- it's a fucking ghost kitchen. They don't actually exist anywhere. Uh, they just got like like two industrial warehouses like in on other on either side of Melbourne that are just you know hubs for delivering this food from a place a, a, a restaurant that doesn't exist and you can only get it on Uber Eats. Don't you love the future? Don't you love it? <laughs> it was fucking fucking a tragedy and farce all at once. What well, I, I I gotta I gotta look back. What comes after? tragedy and farce because we're 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 in a third phase here we're the we're, flood we're at the dialectic synthesis of tragedy and farce it's the deluge my guy it's the deluge it's after after me flood. <laughs> oh, that's that's the next step 